Well, hello, believers, and welcome back to season six of Believe in Bigger podcast. I'm Dr. Shantae, and look at y'all spoiled. Y'all done got episodes you can just binge right on through. Although my hope would be is that you take your time with these messages and let them marinate in your spirit. You know, I've tried to like binge listen to sermons before, but God was like whooping me up on like one sermon. And I was like, Mm-mm, I, I need to like process and let this soak in. And so we've already kicked it off season six with the lost sheep. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. But we now move on to episode number two titled PTSD. And our guiding scripture for this episode is Lamentations, that Old Testament. Y'all know how I feel about it. Chapter three, verses one and 21 to 23. And this is Jeremiah. So Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, uh, as he was affectionately known, because he cried over the children of Israel all throughout uh, this book and certainly throughout the book named after him. And he begins this chapter by saying, I am a man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. And in verse 21 and 20 through 23, he says, yet this I recall to my mind, and therefore I have hope. It is because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So PTSD. Today we're talking about victory over trauma. PTSD typically stands for post-traumatic stress disorder, but for the purposes of our episodes, we're talking about how the past triggers self-destruction. And then we're going to talk about demons, and then we're going to talk about a path toward healing. Y'all thought I was playing. I'm, I'm telling y'all, you know, it, it was good for me to go away, you know, and, and, and get these messages in my spirit because I'm telling you, it's going to bless you. So past trigger self-destruction. You know, we have a tendency to believe that the past doesn't matter. If you ever seen The Lion King um, and Rafiki, the, the monkey, I'm even though I'm sure that's not the technical term. I think he's like an orangutan. Don't quote me. I am not an expert. But uh, when Simba is talking about his past and his daddy dying and, and his uncle Scar and all that, Rafiki bust him upside the head and was like, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. But that's cartoons. That is not real life. OK, in real life, <laughs> you know, the things that happened 10, 20, 30 years ago, they do still have bearing on the here and now. Some of us are struggling with anxiety and illness and broken relationships, and insecurity, and depression, and guilt, and detachment because of things that happened ages ago. In our previous episode, you know, we went over the scripture where Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have a full life at that, okay? He says, I came that you might have life and that you would have it more abundantly. But when you are walking wounded, you are out of alignment with what God has intended for your life. Jesus said, I came to give you an abundant life. But when we're walking around with these wounds and these troubles and these demons, you know, from the past, you know, we're out of alignment with the kind of life that God had intended for us. And when you find it hard to connect with people because of something that happened in your past or you can't trust people because of something that happened in your past or when you hate a particular race or gender or astrological sign, which just always cracks me up. You know, I don't put any stock in that, but folks be like, Mm-mm, I can't mess with the cancers, you know, like, ooh, Capricorns is the devil. You know, like, I'm just, <laughs> you know, when, when you have those types of attitudes because of something that happened in the past, this will ultimately put you on a path 
of self-destruction. Psalms 103, 2 through 4 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Being a believer entitles you to a set of benefits that are designed to promote and sustain a healthy quality of life. Let me repeat those benefits. Forgiveness, okay, so that we don't have to walk around with guilt and shame. Healing for all of our diseases so that we can have vitality, okay, and and the capacity to to do things and, and go places who redeems our life from the pit. So not only from the pit of hell, meaning redeeming our eternal life, but also redeeming us from the pit and the muck and the mire of of sin and darkness, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. I don't know if anybody has ever put a crown on your head. I guess the, the closest experience that I have had is when I got my doctoral degree. And if you've been to those graduations and many of you have suffered through these long graduations, right? You know, when you get to the doctoral students, you know, somebody stands behind you and, you know, you, you, you kneel down or you bow down, you know, and somebody crowns your head and, and gently places that cap on your head to put that final stamp on that huge accomplishment. And here the Bible says that that's what God does is that he crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. So those are the benefits that God has packaged together and many, many more that are not even in this scripture, you know, but he's packaged these benefits together that are designed to promote and sustain a healthy quality of life, which brings us to demons. So I'm going to be reading for a while, but just bear with me. It's all going to be connected to the message. Okay. So Mark chapter five, one through five says this. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him night and day among the tombs and on the mountains He was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. So let's break this down, okay? So Jesus and and his disciples, they're out on missions, you know, they're out on teaching and, and spreading the gospel. And they come across this man who lived among the tombs. And that's important to note where he was and where they met him because some of us have been walking in a graveyard for a long time. Some of us have been living amongst the tombs, you know, of a dead relationship and, and, and dead beliefs, you know, these limiting beliefs, you know, where we tell ourselves all these things that are contrary to what God's word has to say about us. We, in this graveyard and the tombs of these dead end jobs, you know, because we don't want to take a risk and, you know, because we're more afraid of success than we are of, of failure. No goals, no ambition, no hope, just living amongst the tombs too scarred from the past to, to be in a committed and healthy relationship. We just live in amongst the tombs when, and somebody hurt your feelings in church one time. And so you just swore off a church altogether, you know, and just ain't no value in it. You know, you're just living amongst the tombs. And the demon was confrontational. The Bible says that it met him. Okay. Like Jesus didn't find him. The demon came and met him. The demon was confrontational because he recognized the threat to its existence. 
And so the man was possessed with demons. And the demon came to confront Jesus because he recognized that Jesus was a threat to his existence. When you are being self-destructive, when your demons are attacking you, when you have succumbed to your addictions and your habits and things that you have worked for years to overcome, they will resist anything and anybody that is trying to operate in your best interest. Let me repeat that. When you are being self-destructive, when your demons are attacking you, your demons will resist anything and anybody that is trying to operate in your best interest. Why did this man come out or these demons come out to confront Jesus? Because Jesus was a threat to the demon's existence. When people are struggling with things like addiction and depression and, and, and those types of things, when people are, are struggling with those demons, demons are resistant to friends and family. Demons are resistant to love and care. Demons are resistant to accountability. Demons will resist anything and anybody that is trying to operate in your best interest. He had lived with the demons for so long that they had overtaken him, that they could no longer be managed, okay? Some of us have been on antidepressants so long. Some of us have been drinking so long, been promiscuous so long, addicted to retail so long that they no longer produce the pain-numbing effect that we need to manage the demons. So, you know, we've been doing it so long, you don't even get the same high that you used to get. And the Bible says that night and day, he was crying out and cutting himself with stones. Social media is full of people crying out, wearing their hearts on their fingertips, on their timelines, because the pain has become unbearable. Verse 6 through 13 says this, And when he saw Jesus from afar, the man living amongst the tombs, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, or I compel you by God. Do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs were feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, send us into the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned into the sea. Jesus stepped out of the boat and immediately began to facilitate the healing process. The man came and fell down before Jesus because when Jesus stepped off the boat, he said, come out of that man. Jesus stepped off the boat, stepped on the scene and immediately began to facilitate healing for this man. And let me tell you why this is important. Because a lot of the things that you are wrestling with, a lot of the things that you are struggling with, a lot of things that you have identified as your demons, okay, or that thing from the past that conjures up these feelings of depression and addiction and, and cyclical self-sabotage and, and self-doubt, those types of things. The Bible says, Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers 
of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That fight that you're having with yourself, why you keep going back to those things, why you keep going back to those people, why you keep repeating these patterns in your life, why you can't seem to, to get past certain obstacles and things like that. The Bible says that struggle, that internal struggle is a spiritual struggle. The reason why certain people trigger certain things for you, that is a spiritual struggle. The, the person that you don't like, even the person in the White House right now, that is a spiritual struggle. That's not a flesh and blood struggle. There is spiritual warfare taking place up above your head in the spiritual realm where, where the Bible says that they are at war for your soul. They don't want you, the, the enemy does not want you to live an abundant life. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, and will use anything and anybody to manifest that, and especially to make you doubt God. The demon recognized Jesus' authority immediately and his supremacy over him to the point that he begged Jesus not to torment him, even though he had been tormenting this man. And let me tell you something, you know, let me, let me be real, real clear on something, okay? I am not in any way, shape, or form one of those people that say, oh, just pray it away. <laughs> just pray it away. You know, this is this is not a, a knock against therapy because I'm in therapy. It's a bill, but you know, like that that's just a necessary part of my life to to manage these things. And I and I'm not knocking medication or anything like that or, or yoga or whatever means are available to to facilitate your wholeness and, and your healthiness and, and you live in a full and abundant life. But at some point, we have to acknowledge that there are some traumatic events that change and damage us at a spiritual level, at a cellular level. And it is here that Jesus is our strongest means of support. That is where Jesus is our strongest advocate. 1 Corinthians 10.4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. There are some demons. There are some issues. There are some struggles. There are some people that only the power of the Most High God can destroy, that only the power of Jesus can destroy and cast down. A stronghold is a fortress. A fortress is a fortified place of battle. This is what trauma becomes when we do not avail ourselves to the work and the power of God and whatever other resources he provides to resolve it. OK, it becomes a fortress, a place where the enemy erects barriers and weapons to destroy who God has called you to be, which brings us to a path to healing. You know, when we think that all hope is lost, you know, that, that we are too far gone that we don't have anything left in the tank when, and we've waved the white flag of surrender because we just don't have any more strength to fight. We're brought back to our opening text to Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. And he said, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Do you know what this means? What this means is, is that no matter how badly you messed up last night, no matter how far you fell off the wagon, 
no matter how long you went without doing A, B, and C, and then you found yourself doing A, B, and C because something happened and you just couldn't handle it. No matter what it is, the Bible says, it is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. It is because of God's mercy towards us that we have another opportunity to get it right. And not only that, it says that his compassions do not fail. They are new every morning. God's mercy is new every morning. Does that mean that you just keep on sinning and keep on doing and keep on self-sabotaging just because God loves you? No, no, (laughs) it doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that if you are struggling And usually when you're struggling is when you find it the hardest to face God, when you find it the hardest to talk to God, where you feel like he's looking at you some kind of way and you feeling like some kind of hypocrite or some kind of backslider or some kind of whatever. The Bible says every morning he is right there loving you as much as he ever has. Great is your faithfulness. There are people in your life that are tired of you. There are people in your life that you are tired of because you didn't go as far as you can go with them. You know, you, as Popeye the Sailor used to say, that's all I can stand because I can't stand no more. And I understand that in our human capacity, we have limitations, we have thresholds, we have boundaries, and we have lines, and we have a limited amount of energy and tolerance. But God is not like us. His mercies are new every morning. So every day that you are here, his mercies are here to greet you. His mercies are the reason why you haven't lost it completely. His mercies are the reason why you don't look like what you've been through. God's mercies are the reason you've mustered the effort to fake fine up until this point. Fake and fine long enough, you know, to, to get the help that you really need to get. God's mercies are what compels you to want to get better because I don't care how much people say, I don't care what people think about me or I'm, I'm, I could do bad all by myself. Whatever that thing is that troubles you, whatever that thing is that plagues you, whatever that demon is that follows you for as long as it has followed you, there is a part of you on a spiritual level that wants to get better, that wants to get whole. And I have good news for you. Psalms 138.8 says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, your love, O Lord, endures forever. I'll repeat that. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Why will God not give up on you? Because God is not a man that he should lie that or, or a son of man that he should make a mistake. He says, I'm going to perfect that thing that I have begun in you. I'm going to finish what I started. There is a purpose for what you have gone through. There is a purpose for your pain. It's not arbitrary. The Lord here says that there is a, that, that he will not forsake the work of his hands. Your suffering is not random. Your suffering is not in vain. God is going to finish the job. Remember, all the way back to, to last season when I talked about Job, the enemy has to ask permission to attack you and God sets the parameters upon which he can do it. There is a promise 
from God that you can take to the bank. He says, behold, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should repent or make a mistake. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken? Will he not make it good? Jeremiah 32, 27, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? In seasons past, you know, when Jesus came and he went about healing people, you know, my favorite phrase, he said, go your way, go on about your business. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. God is able. Your faith is what activates his ability to move on your behalf. I'm not saying to pray it away or pray and walk away. I'm saying trust God and use every resource available to you to help you facilitate a healthy and abundant life. He is protecting you. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. In other words, whoever came for you way back when, whoever broke your trust way back when, whoever broke your heart way back when, whoever scarred you in a way that you didn't think could ever be repaired, The Bible says that it will not succeed, that what the enemy intended for evil, he's going to turn it around for good. And you are going to be able to refute every tongue that rose up against you and said you were never going to survive, that you wasn't never going to make it, that you never wasn't going to be more than what you were, that you were never going to get off the block or you were never going to get out of that bad relationship or you were never going to leave that dead end job or you were never going to be able to be a success or finish school or that you were never going to be able to to accomplish anything when you had that many kids, whatever it is that they said about you, the Bible says that you will be able to refute every tongue that ever rose up to judge you. And this is your heritage. This is what you are entitled to as a child of God. The Bible says your vindication, the revenge is from me, declares the Lord. So believers, PTSD, when your past triggers self-destruction, when you're walking around with demons, okay, God has a path to heal you. Believe in the purpose of your pain. It's not random. Believe in the promise that he's going to fulfill what he's begun in you and believe in the payback that everything anybody ever tried to do to you, they will be called out a liar because God is faithful. So that is it, believers. Now, don't you want to join Believers in Action? I want you to join Believers in Action. I want you to go to readytobelieve.com. And if you want to talk about this episode and and when we're going to talk about it and and, and share your thoughts and your takeaways and all of that, go to readytobelieve.com and and join with other listeners and and downloads and weekly growth opportunities and our, our digital group and, you know, tools that are going to help you do the things that God has called you to do. And I will see you next time.